Welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with investors, influencers, and remarkable personalities. Hello and welcome to Games Hub and Crypto Talk Show with our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogun, co-founder of Gamespad. And in today's episode, we'll discuss uh, smart investing in the bear market. And we're excited to introduce you to our guest, Wahid Shamas, uh, chairman and co-founder of Faith Tribe. That's our portfolio companies. Uh, a lot of you know He's also co-owner of Faith Connection and founder of CEO of uh, Targate Capital, a uh, private equity platform with ownership in 35 companies, third of which are leaders in fashion uh, and uh, fashion technology. Um, Wait, I can talk a lot about your experience at Goldman Sachs, you know, and uh, other groups. Like you have probably 25 plus years experience in this uh, private equity slash fashion, but I... I wanted to introduce yourself. I think it would be better if you just tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, no, thank you and uh, honor to be here. Uh, so yeah, I am in the private equity background and um, I haven't uh, really done anything except for invest in businesses uh, through many different cycles. So obviously I've been through a lot of uh, uh, economic cycles, bear markets, bull markets, and uh, really quite new to blockchain. So uh, one of our first companies we tokenized uh, two years ago and obviously launched it uh, earlier this year uh, in large part to your help. Um, but hopefully we'll do a lot more on the blockchain. Perfect. Now, for sure, I, I believe you will. And I like uh, what many would think, you know, like a bear market can can have a great investment opportunity, right? And if you know how to make the right decisions and the timing, right, you know, that can be perfect. So in your vision, right, what's what's the current market situation and where do you think we're going to go from here? Uh, look, um, but markets have been very, very distorted. I mean, you could actually take it back to the 70s. Uh, ever since we got rid of the gold standard, uh, what really is the value of, of, uh, of things? And um, distortion has been taken to a completely different level now. Um, you know, we had a trillion of debt <laughs> uh, in the early 80s. Now we have 31 trillion of debt in the US. Uh, we have 330 trillion of debt globally. Um, it took us decades to, to do 1 trillion of QE. Uh, then it took, uh, you know, uh, 08 to, to 2014, 15 to, to get, you know, the 3, 4 trillion. And then we print 6 trillion in a matter of 6 to 9 months. Okay, so... The, the whole thing is just getting compressed and compressed and compressed. And so um, I um, truly believe that um, you have to have two hats. One is I think you want to go structurally long risk assets over the long run, long run because while the raising rates now are making things very difficult, I, I do believe structural inflation is a necessity because no one can explain to me how we're going to service $330 trillion of global debt. And that doesn't include pension funds, uh, 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 you know, unfunded liabilities uh, in different cities and states. This is just sovereign debt. Um, but against that backdrop, you've got to invest in real companies that create value every day. We can talk a little bit about that. In the, in the, in the case of the blockchain, uh, tokens that have a lot of utility value so that you know that value is being created every single day and is not dependent on liquidity or flows, etc. Over the long run, you want to know that you are compounding your value and, and if, you, if you have a constructive view of risk markets like I do, because I frankly don't think they're going to be able to raise rates a lot more than they have, maybe 50 to 100 basis points max before mm -hmm. things really crack. 
um, uh, you're also left with making sure you do your homework and picking great companies. Yeah, I mean, the rates are crazy and we can see the inflation, like, you know, it's, US is like 5.5 or 8.5 and it's getting higher and then UK almost 10%, like, you know, and I mean, we have other countries uh, like Sri Lanka, like 70% like inflation, like generally. So the economy, economies are plummeting. We see the domino effect of what's happening, like generally overall. And obviously crypto, we <laughs> there is this narrative that it's like uncorrelated asset class, but we all understand when people are like, they're concerned about the, the, the asset class that helps them to pay for their rent, pay for their food, like, you know, the basic needs, you know, like obviously they're also a little bit skeptical for the riskier uh, asset classes. So in your opinion, how do you, what do you think is going to happen? Like in the, um, given that it's not getting better, right? <laughs> so, yeah. So I, um, I, I like Constantine. I like to think uh, six months ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, because everyone can read, everyone can watch CNBC and see everything that's happening today and quote the inflation numbers you did. Um, I like to say, okay, where is the puck going to go? What's the next pivot? And um, I was way too early calling inflation. When they started printing like crazy, I said inflation was going to happen two, three years ago. It finally happened. I mean, you cannot print this much money. Okay, 20 trillion globally was printed during COVID, which is ridiculous. Six trillion in America alone. Uh, you cannot do that and not expect inflation. Okay, especially since everyone's at home not producing anything for crying out loud. Um, having said this, I'm actually very constructive now because core PCE, which is the inflation number that the Fed really focuses on, uh, that's been decelerated. So inflation numbers that you're looking at is a lagging indicator. 40% of inflation is uh, renters equivalent, um, uh, owner's equivalent rent. Uh, you could see real estate really uh, 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 tanking in the last three months. So all the different inflation indicators are, you know, the second derivative is a material slowdown. And now even the first derivative is going negative. And so I'm thinking that in three to six months, uh, you're going to have a much better inflation number. The Fed is going to overdo it because they're just a bunch of idiots. All these guys are completely unaccountable. They print like idiots and drunken sailors. And literally a year ago uh, in Wyoming, he was saying um, deflation is a big threat. And now he's saying inflation is a big threat. I mean, you cannot make this shit up. Um, <laughs> but they will end up pivoting by force because they're going to crack something. I mean, the way things are going now, things will crack. So I have bad news and good news. The bad news is things are going to have to get really ugly. They are already ugly. They'll probably get a little bit uglier to the point that everyone starts to panic and then they pivot. And then the day they pivot, uh, I mean, good luck. Everything's going to go hockey stick because there'll be no more meaning to fiat. That's it. There'll be no more credibility left in the system. Structural inflation will be here forever, and the right crypto projects will do incredibly well. But if, if people are in pain in crypto because of a lot of the speculation, they ought to move away from speculation and more into investing in crypto. Okay, I cannot say this more than enough. So invest in projects that have great staking, great utility, great free cash flow, great uh, prospects for huge addressable markets. And not just the gimmicky stuff, because the gimmicky stuff will not be uh, protecting you when things get rough, right? And and you know it's it, it's curious. I don't, I'm sure you've heard that. Yes, yesterday there's a there's a interview of Jamie Dimon, like you know that he he called all crypto tokens the decentralized Ponzi schemes, which is really yeah. Yeah, and this is to me, it's hilarious. Like you know, as if he like he knows a lot about Ponzi schemes, I'll give him that, right? So the question is like, okay, so. When the the faith in, in fiat will like plummet, and then we'll we'll see 
several, like, as you mentioned, like several, maybe uh, projects will do really well in crypto because, you know, people will trust it, you know, like the decentralized solution better than the, the national and central solution. So what do you think would that be like, and how it will look? What strategies would you apply? Okay. So for like, for instance, I'm not going to talk about my project, but like, for instance, we are empowering independent designers in a permissionless way. Uh, the, the most rigged system in the world is high-end fashion. It's a bunch of few companies controlling 3.1 trillion, very few left, um, very little gravy left for independent designers that are in the tens of thousands that make up a measly 450 billion. Um, uh, finance is completely rigged, right? Um, we talk about Ponzi schemes. I'm not going to address Jamie Dimon per se, but um, the entire fractional reserve banking system is one big Ponzi scheme, right? The guy stops buying bonds. The bonds start to crater, yields spike. Uh, the system becomes insolvent. Guess who's a Ponzi scheme? I mean, the entire bloody fiat system is a Ponzi scheme. So I'm not going to go there. We all know this. Whatever. So I just, I think it's silly. Um, uh, so much of JP Morgan is being invested in the blockchain and crypto. So it's, it's shocking. Um, and uh, guess what? Uh, Celsius went bust. Voyager went bust. There was no bailout. Okay. So before they criticize uh, other, and I come from the fiat system and private equity traditional. So all my companies are traditional except faith drive. Um, but um, um, what I love about permissionless decentralized is there's no big brother. You're on your own and we are self-regulated. Uh, the moment that JP Morgan becomes self-regulated, then they can come and make a, a, a snide opinion like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we know where they were in 08. Um, so against that backdrop, um, there's a lot we can learn. And, um, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of silly things we're doing. Um, this uh, myopic focus on shilling and community and marketing and not, um, not really focusing on, on true value creation, what projects are doing, what, what problems they're trying to solve in a permissionless way. Um, I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. Uh, the aggressiveness of Celsius and all this. I'm happy that we self-regulated. I'm happy you and I are still having a discussion when Lehman times 10 occurred and no one was there to bail them out. But still, mm -hmm. we can do a lot better job of, um, of being mature and, uh, um, yeah, and doing a better job running our projects. So, so if, if, if there would be like more of a concrete like specific uh, um, uh, I would say advices that you can give to any company how to basically persevere and like survive in this bear market like and how to be successful you mentioned already as yes, to focus on the utility to focus on the value proposition and like uh, maybe something else that you know that you you see that are that can be pretty efficient and beneficial for the company I'm going to give one piece of advice I wish I went with my gut reaction in February before we launched. Um, I was focusing a lot on finding a community that was um, uh, understanding traditional markets, value creation, free cash flow, our balance sheet being revenue positive, all that shit. And I was told, no, 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 no. Build a community, build hype. Who are your hedge funds? Who are your, sorry, who are your VC funds? And I had to get X amount of names. And if you don't get those names, you're a loser. You're tier three. You're tier two. Uh, make sure you, um, you, know, you have a very limited uh, circulating market cap at TGE because your first day performance is everything. 
uh, your pop, if you're not a 10x or 5x or whatever, you're a loser. And I was like, holy shit. I, I, and I fell for it. And we did well. We did, we did okay. But I should have just really gone with my instinct and ignored all that. And, and um, really focusing on having more time to find the right partners, more long-term partners, locking them up for three years, uh, doing less uh, uh, shilling and all this stuff that is very endemic to crypto because none of those guys are around today. None of them, concept. Okay, they've all fled. Some are bankrupt. And so um, my, my advice to project is don't get bullied to do the things that are so short-term, so focused on your one-day pop, so focused on the pump, because post the pump, you've got the dump. And that is, it's like, you know, someone who gets drunk, the, the hangover is horrible. Yeah, it's a rule of the jungle. Unfortunately, it is, <laughs> it is true. We've seen it many projects, and obviously you're not an exception. And, and it's so true that like the... The value investors are people who will stick with you regardless of the cycles, right? People who will support you and to, to do introductions, to somehow like assist, you know, like and do it not only when it benefits them, but also when it's kind of, it's a mutual story you're building together, right? Um, and it is tough. Yes, <laughs> I feel you I completely. But if we were to talk about the, the positive side of things, right? You know, so it's obviously, it's, you know, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen in the near future, but... Uh, by the end of the year, right? You know, so what, what is your gut feeling telling you? What's going to happen? Like, you know, because like we see from the Fed, like more kind of tips that they can raise interest rate, like even higher, right? And it can, obviously the domino effect will be like across the world, you know, very, very also specific. So what do you think will happen to in, in crypto? Um, uh, I mean, it's a very stale answer. It's a typical answer that you got from others, we're going to go through a year 2000 situation um, and 10% uh, will survive. And we'll, we'll, if you would say 10% of the, what would be, if you say 10% of the companies will survive out of, like, out of thousands of projects, right? So what do you think will be the prerogative of the projects that will survive? Like, will they have like, let's say vibrant community, good treasury, like other like utility Obviously, they'll have um, a business, they'll have utility, they'll have staying power. Like, we're going through difficulties now, Constantine, but I know that there's parts of my business that are pumping free cash flow. That helps. Um, uh, uh, we all go through the vagarities of the markets, etc. cetera. Um, but having a real business that you're solving, having enough capital to make it through, having enough supporters, and really staying true to your problem and not um, let me tell you what doesn't pay the bills. What does not pay the bills is, and a lot of crypto projects are still mired in this, is a myopic focus on community, marketing, shilling, pumping. Mm -hmm. Because when the money, when the money, when we go from three trillion to two trillion to one trillion, then things are a problem. Okay, uh, we we run we'll run out of money. Okay, money will just get sucked out. And so, by very definition, the people who are surviving are the ones that are are creating true value and are solving a real world problem. Mm -hmm. And the domino effect is probably worse than what you're saying, because uh, like today, so many projects are running out of capital. So many projects have no runway. So many projects are not really solving a problem. It's just a great idea or a bunch of cartoons on a phone. And mm -hmm. uh, those get out of style very quickly in the metaverse. 
a lot of uh, fashion brands were so panicked, Constantine, buying land like crazy last December, January, knowing that it was stupid, but we felt obliged to do it because we were scared. We were told whatever. We were bullied into it. We didn't do it. Uh, but today, there's not a brand that will buy land. Everything we do on the metaverse has to be free. And the metaverses are saying, well, how, what's our business model, right? So your business model is you have to bring in brands, you have to build content, and then visitors will come. Uh, selling what is purely unlimited is proving to be a futile process. And so um, um, uh, to, to answer your question, uh, what looks like a great business model today might be a very different business model in six months. The metaverse is, is a perfect example. Selling NFTs on OpenSea is a, is a perfect example. But having a sustainable business where you're solving a real-life problem, in our case, where we're allowing designers to go into the business of fashion. We buy their products, we manufacture their products, we help them enter NFTs, access to the digital design studios, register their IP. All those are real problems that you need to go somewhere to do. Just like Uber solves a problem that if you have a car, you can get into business. Or Airbnb, if you have an apartment that's vacant, you can rent it. So when you solve real problems and you have a real utility um, and a real um, uh, uh, revenue model and cash flow model, then you're in good shape. Otherwise, it's difficult, very, very difficult. Because money, you know, you cannot have a business model that is based on always raising money, right? Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, otherwise, it's just, I mean, listen, even some traditional companies, they have this, uh, they have this type of problem with like, you know, some, like Uber, like, you know, they were growing too fast, they need to capture the market, right? And, and they were never profitable in some ways. Like they were spending more money just to expand. But uh, but it's <laughs> but they still made money. They still have like cash flow, and you can you can see that you know that's uh, how and why you're actually increasing the the um, the streams of investments. But um, I agree with you. There are many challenging parts of this. Now I, I want to give uh, the floor to our uh, listeners who are coming from YouTube, Twitter Spaces, and other places like who are asking questions to ask it directly. Right. Sure. Um, Jumping right into it, so Captain Hoddle from Twitter is asking, do you think hodling and DCAing, I never heard this, <laughs> DCAing, uh, is the right way to invest even in under um, undesirable macro conditions, or is it better to stay on the sidelines and wait? Um, so I didn't fully understand that, but basically, um, I, I really believe, um, uh, I'm going to give you an example, okay? So, Constantine, if you had one cent, and I'm just giving an example, and it doubled every day, um, how long do you become a millionaire? So, one cent doubles every day. Um, how long? Is it 10 years, a year, a month? How long do you think it takes? One cent every, one cent every day? Yeah. Doubles every day? Oh, yeah. And I have to compute. So, basically, okay. So, 30 days. Uh, just guess. Is it 10 years, a year, a month? Uh, give me a second. Thirty doubles. No, it's faster. It's for, for sure. It's faster than ten years. If it doubles every day, yeah, for sure, it's faster than ten years. I just need to compute the right, the right, uh, the right number. Give me a few. The the answer is 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 twenty nine days. Twenty nine years. Twenty nine days. Twenty nine days. Yeah, that's that's. What I I was sure it's under one year. I just didn't know exactly the. So what's the point? The point is if you wait. For macro conditions, etc., 
you always miss the art of compounding. And that's very Warren Buffett-like, but that's the, that's the reality. Uh, the person who wins the war is the person who compounds value every day. I asked the question, what is the best performing S&P 500 sector in the last 50, 40, 30, 20, but never the last 10? And no one ever gets it. They always say technology or whatever. The answer is staples, food staples. And in that, it's tobacco. Um, and, and, and the take-home lesson is you create value every single day in small increments, Constantine. Um, but it compounds. And then uh, over long periods of time, you end up um, uh, beating the hair as a tortoise. And so my idea is you invest every day what you can invest and you pick your projects, you pick your thing. And it's very, very boring what I'm about to say. And so long as your companies that you're backing create value every single day or solving a legitimate problem and the thesis stays intact, you have 20 or 30 of them and you add to them every single day or when they get weak. And then over time, you build value. When you time the markets, you get it wrong. Uh, let me give an example. Everyone is bearish about inflation, interest rates. Today, I cannot find a single bull. If Erdogan convinces Putin and Zelensky to finally call a ceasefire tomorrow, what will happen to markets? I'm asking. Exactly. So here you are waiting for the macro. What are you waiting for? Powell to stop... Uh, uh, Raising rates. I mean, so uh, everyone expects the same things. What dictates markets is the unexpected. And mm -hmm. so I'm not very good at the gambling that. And so my suggestion is always think about compounding value. And this is where my traditional mindset is. And create value every single day. That's beautiful. And there are many ways how to do that, even with existing portfolios. Like, yeah, uh, and today you have staking. Staking, exactly. Yeah. You can so you stake can, in the existing tokens. Exactly. So take your favorite projects, your favorite tokens, stake them, earn yield, and then always invest what you can afford to lose, right? Um, and then over time, you will see that grow in, in bull markets, bear markets. And like a lot of people don't want to touch meme tokens today. If we get a ceasefire and a deceleration of inflation and they pivot and everything goes hunky-dory, the first things that are going to pop are, are the ones that have gotten beaten up the most. It's the same thing in every market, stock market, bond market, et cetera. And so I just urge people to just have a diversified portfolio and think a little bit more long-term about um, being, a tor uh, being a tortoise that beat, beats the hare. Everyone wants to beat the hare, but the point is the hare never wins. I 100%, I agree. That's a, that's a great example. So Moxie from YouTube is asking, in terms of tokenomics in a project, what would you consider a red flag and exactly why? Mm. Maybe there, there might be a lot, but maybe a few. Yes, the lack of tokens. <laughs> right? You mean the lack of tokens on the TG? Or? No, 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 no. The lack of tokenomics, meaning what, what is a token used for? Does the token get burned? Uh, why are tokens over time going to be taken out of circulation by utility, use, etc.? And so the biggest red flag is when you have a hype project, a very big hype project where there's like celebrities. Like we have a lot of celebrities, but that doesn't pay the bills, right? So if you have celebrities, oh, this person is buying that token, this person, but then there's no real use for the token. Mm -hmm. Or you cannot articulate uh, that. That to me is a very big red flag. Okay. Or like, for instance, the tokens can be used to buy um, um, 
something that you're not sure will exist in six months to a year. Okay. Um, I'll give an example. A lot of the metaverses who I'm friends with are going through that struggle right now. They have a native token. They want to sell land and there is very few buyers for the land. So what, so what happens to the utility of that token, right? If your token is being used to buy milk every day, uh, you've got to drink milk, right? So figure out a, a real utility is not based on the use case of speculation. It's based on the use case of something essential. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's another sort of red flag. So, um, you know, uh, let me give an example of a great token utility, my favorite token utility of all time. And that's Ethereum, right? Because every smart contract uh, based on Ethereum have to be built on Ethereum, right? Same thing with, you know, some of the other blockchains, Polkadot, et cetera. Those are phenomenal utilities. I am not a fan of um, uh, buying tokens just for the purpose that it goes up or down or whatever. Uh, I won't mention anything so we don't get hate mail, but there's so many tokens like that. Yes, totally. I, I completely understand what you're saying. So I'm, I'm sure our listeners, are do, they, they understand too. So the other question is from coming from Grand Crypto Auto uh, from YouTube. He is asking, uh, there are certain aspects to look out for when investing in a project, both in bear and bull markets. Uh, and are there specific conditions to look out for uh, in a different market cycles? So I don't understand that question. Sorry. So, so basically, what he's at, like, I think what he or she's asking, right? You know, so there are there are, there are a lot of aspects, like when you like in a bear market and bull market, or like you mentioned, right? There are different uh, cycles, right? So, what would you pay attention more in different mar like cycles? For example, right now we're in bear market, right? So you yes, mentioned. I would that I would focus on utility. I would focus on making sure. I go back to my staples. I go back to my tobacco. Uh, first, exactly. In a bear market, if every single day you are using the token or you're building something where every single day you use the token no matter what, that is going to survive um, any market condition. Um, if, you're in a, um, you know, if you're in a market that is like the lockdown market, okay, people uh, invested in stay-at-home business, Zoom, et cetera. Um, those are very, um, how can I say, um, um, sectoral, uh, thematic kinds of investing. So my, my, my suggestion is in a bear market, you want um, your horses, you want the, you want the things that are uh, you know, paying the bills every single day, right? Ethereum is a great example. I'm not going to talk about my project, but Ethereum and all that every single day gets burned. Um, and uh, in a bull market or in a thematic market like COVID or nuclear war, I, I don't know, I'm making things up, like something, something that happens as an event. Uh, in, in that scenario, then you, you, you have to think about the theme. So if Facebook goes bust, not this is going to go bust, but gets under more scrutiny, maybe decentralized social media. That's a very big phenomenon. Um, um, the, a lot of great projects are being built on decentralized social media, like SoMe and what Gavin Wood's trying to build, et cetera. So that, that's intriguing, right? So then you would play a theme like that, okay? Um, but in a bear market where, uh, you know, everyone's hunkering down and the theme is uh, salvation and conservation of capital, just go with the, um, go with the daily uh, workhorses. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know... I there are a lot of questions about the the way you analyze investment and the way like so because we don't have a lot of time so i'll just ask you the last piece of information so 
is there like you know the 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 question i think before that you remember like about the dca and the, you know the you know the dollar cost averaging and the percentage maybe you can have a very practical advice like for example if people already they okay they buy, buy your narrative they they think okay it is smart to invest in bear market and take a certain amount proportion of risk let's say from the 100% of their assets of their savings or money they can put into investing right what percentage would you advise to like maybe on a daily basis or on a monthly basis to to allocate to projects um so that so that depends obviously um this is a tough one so um i I honestly I'm going to have to surprise you because uh, obviously I'm a project owner etc but um different situations re- require different things uh for the first time in history I would buy bonds uh my short history at least okay um uh, mm-hmm. bonds have not been attractive now they're finally attractive you can buy a 2 year 4.4 4.3 um and uh, sorry 4.1 um and um so I would I I would have a chunk in that and then you could sell out of that uh and invest when 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 you feel a bit more comfortable in other things i would have um a lot of money in global equities um so i would say maybe 30 40% um is in global uh, equities 30 40% in the two year bond and the global equities uh are relevant because unlike the us equities uh emerging markets in europe and some of the other asset classes are trading at 10 11 times and then have no more than 10 20% in um in crypto okay um uh, or private equity or, or 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 something a bit more esoteric and then um in in crypto the best thing to do is just have three or four projects that you like and uh, or more if you like but but and then just uh, every single time you have that extra money just spend it um um and buy those projects and stake and then you'll find in 3 to 4 years they if if you really believe in the projects and they have real utility and they're creating real things um they will become the next winners because uh you you want to be part of the 10% of the of crypto that survives an um um a very bad 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 market right and um you know it doesn't matter how much uh, polygon or polka dot are down uh versus where they were 10 years ago 5 years ago it's huge and so that's the kind of idea that i have in terms of uh long term value creation So I wouldn't put more than 20% of your asset allocation in in, in crypto. Um especially given where equity and bond valuations are today. So it's probably not the answer you wanted me to give you Constantine, but since you no, didn't ask the person I, 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 I actually believe it's an honest answer and I prefer those like transparent answers like even <laughs> even though it might like listen, I'm also like there are people who are risk averse and other people who are risk averse. Right? So I I I truly believe it's it's as you mentioned like it's not black and white. People have to pick and choose like according to their risk tolerance and according to their particular situations or how what what they're ready allocate. Obviously you need to research where they are but but I think it's a very valuable because most of the questions here I I I try to connect like connect the dots between like three or four questions there were about the strategies how not to miss out how to invest how to do it safely and etc uh, etc et so i think you did well um uh, being very kind of honest because that's what you do right and that's what people yeah i mean if i can just get one second like uh, as a project owner i have to give a value proposition why should you buy my token right and so obviously we're now back to the ideal price which i guess some things are worse um but every single day we're trying to create value we're revenue producing um if i get this right 
I'll take 1% of the 450 billion market, which is four and a half billion. So the token will go up much, much, much more than the 50 million fully diluted market cap today. At the same time, I give protection for my investors because you could stake it, or you could use the token if you're ever bored or fed up and buy a whole um, closet worth of gloves. And I never changed the price of the token. So if X amount of tokens could buy a jacket, even if the token price goes down by 50%, the same number of tokens can buy that jacket. And so I protect my token value and value uh, and holders by at least giving them something material they can buy that's tangible and can be valued somehow. So, um, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people say, Wahid, if I bought a million dollars worth of your tokens and, um, and it went to zero, what do I do? And I say, well, you use those tokens, you buy a heck of a lot of our inventory and you sell them on Amazon or Farfetch and you collect, I don't know, maybe 50 cents on the dollar or 40 cents mm -hmm. on the dollar, right? And that's if the token went to zero. So I don't want to talk about my project, but to the extent that a project gives defensive aspects, staking, token, uh, tokenomics, ut real utility, real revenue, real free cash flow, very hard for me not to say that, okay, if you like what we're doing and you put a little bit every day, in three to four years, we will not have had a good experience for you. And if there's Armageddon, at least you can get some clothes. <laughs> so Yeah. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think people who are listening right now, they appreciate your transparency and your dedication, right? So, um, I, I mean, I, I have to thank you, Hannah, again, for sharing oh, this thank you. experience, right? And I think it was very valuable, like short and sweet and straight to the point, which, you know, that's what we like. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining Games Hub today. And uh, please ask your questions even uh, online when we're going to post it. I'm sure he will time, you know, if we will direct it specifically to him, we will find time to maybe answer a few questions more uh, when we post it. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks a lot, it was great. Thank you. And every two Peace. weeks, 3 p.m. UTC, we're going to come Thank back. You. We will see you more. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Stay tuned with Games Hub, a crypto talk show by GamesPad.